The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. You're listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. And even though it's sort of wet and rainy and cool out, it's time to welcome everybody back to Trent Radio's summer season with The Antidote. Our opening song, This Ain't Home, came from Britain's Ambassadors of Shalom's debut album. Now, there's no question about this. I really do love punk music. And I flipped when I had the chance to visit with two really great punk bands to discuss their new albums how punk music fits into today's music scene, and how their faith plays a role in their music. Well, get all comfy and cozy and enjoy the discussion and a night of punk music. Two incredible punk albums have released in 2014, Ambassadors of Shalom with Abdicate Self and Be the Change by LIV. These two bands are on opposite sides of the planet, but they're meeting here with The Antidote tonight for a discussion on punk music. We're here with Tony Esquivel of LIV from Los Angeles, and from Northwest England comes Neil Roddy from the Ambassadors of Shalom. 
Guys, thanks for meeting with The Antidote. Yeah, no problem. It's a pleasure. Yeah. I'd like to hear from each of you as to how your band started. Can we start with you, Tony, and have you give us the roots of LIV? Um, yeah, you know, we actually uh, have all played in bands throughout the years, uh, all throughout high school. Uh, we played in a bunch of different bands, and all four of us were all really close friends, but none of us had actually gotten together um, and made a band with us four, but we played in, like, separate bands with just, like, either two of us or, you know, whatever the case was. But um, at the end of 2012, none of us were playing in a band, and we just were hanging out, uh, celebrating New Year's, and we were just chatting it up, and we're like, dude, let's just start a band. So uh, we fell asleep, woke up the next day, had a quick little session and jammed out like our demo. So uh, at the end of the week, we recorded those two songs and threw out the demo and there we went on. Ambassadors of Shalom come to be? Well, I, I played in bands myself for many years back in the day before I was a uh, Christian. Um, and I played in a lot of secular punk bands 
I actually left music alone for a while because uh, I was kind of involved in that scene of, that comes with the music industry. And uh, I found it quite damaging in my life. So I took a bit of a break from it. And then a few years into being a Christian, I, you know, I rediscovered my love for the guitar and, and for the distortion pedal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and just got back into it and started writing lyrics that were more uh, Christ-centered and, and biblical and, you know, just uh, from scripture, really. Um I put an advert uh, on a, a Christian's music website forum just saying um, Christian punk guitarist seeking drummer and bass player. Um, uh, I didn't really get that many replies, to be honest with you. One guy got in touch with me, Pete Field, who's our bass player, uh, and he lives sort of 40 miles away from me. Mm -hmm. He said, do you want to have a jam? Um, and I went, yeah. So we had a bit of a jam. It worked quite well. Um, we did this open mic night in... Stoke-on-Trent in England, uh, and I kind of literally turned up at his flat, and he said, these are the songs we're doing, uh, and we did it on acoustic, you know, um, so, so I had to learn these five songs in about, you know, half an hour, uh, and, and we just, when we went on stage to do the open mic, um, I just went on, and I don't know why I said this, but I just said, we are the ambassadors of Shalom, it just, <laughs> it just came to me like that, you know, so that was, that, that was the birth um, and then I asked my son, Joe, who'd been playing drums for a couple of years, if he wanted to, you know, come and keep a beat for us and see how it happened. And, and it worked well. You know, we were happy with it. You know, we started doing some gigs. And before we knew it, Thumper Punk Records signed us up and, you know, just released our album. It was, it was all in God's plan. Opposite the 
O'Neill, you raised that point about the past of punk. So has the heyday of punk finished? Is it just part of the history books now? Or do you think it's really going through a bit of a revival? I think, to be honest with you, I mean, I grew up in the, the sort of late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and I kind of just caught the latter end of the punk scene as a teenager. Uh, you know, and it was quite exciting. And, and it died out pretty quick. And, and I think there's been a lot of bands that have tried to say we're punk. They've never really, in my opinion, cut the mustard in regards to the, to the British-UK punk sound. And it, again, it's not just about the music. It, you know, it's, there's this sort of attitude that comes with punk rock and what they stand for. It's a platform, it's a forum to, to say your piece, you know. Uh, and OK, if we look at bands back in the day, like the Sex Pistols, the Buzzcocks, UK subs, Peace of the Test Tube Babies, some really early, you know, exploited, discharged, that kind of stuff. If we look at some of them bands, you know, they were all very anti-establishment, anti-Christ, you know, and they use their music to, to get their message across. I'd like to think punk could come back, but I don't know. I think it was just for that season. I think people will, will try to, to sort of imitate that sound and the attitude. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys know what's going on in England at the moment musically, but our music channels are just clogged up with you know, uh, the X Factor, Britain's Got Talent. I don't know if you know of any of these programmes. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, so you need some real good guitar stuff, you know. For me, real talent is a bunch of guys in a garage, power chord, distortion pedals, and working it out, you know, having a passion behind it rather than someone with nice teeth and nice hair being pro produced by an entourage of, of people, you know, doing their makeup and hair for them and, and writing the songs for them. You are a tough, opinionated man. Oh, oh thank you.
I mean, I would say here in the in uh, in America, yeah, I feel like punk has really gone downhill, and it's really straight away from what it used to be. You know, personally, I would never really consider myself uh, a punk or a hardcore kid or anything like that. I've just kind of just been me, and um, I've listened to all kinds of different music. You know, growing up, you know, I remember going through my dad's record collection and finding Bad Brains albums, and you know, that's really what got me into it. Basically, all the kids that used to be punks and, uh, you know, into the music scene, they kind of grew up. They started getting into the whole uh, electric dance music stuff, and it was kind of awkward and weird. <laughs> and then, like, the bands that come out now, I agree. Like, uh, a lot of them come out, and they label themselves as punk or hardcore, and it, it's really not authentic music. It's just really stuff that they want to get out there, and, and they want to be seen, and they want to... I don't know, but a lot of it seems fake. But yeah, I really, I have hope that punk can come back. And there's some kids out there that actually carry that authenticity of uh, of real punk music, you know? And I think for our band, uh, we've always had a, a problem uh, labeling ourselves as a punk band and uh, labeling ourselves as a hardcore band, you know? But um, 
I would say like our, our main influences would be like minor threat and bad brains and stuff where, sure. you know, the punk hardcore, uh, fusing like really was oriented, you know? And, um, I guess that's kind of where our heart's at. And what's funny is like, we go to hardcore shows and hardcore kids say that we're punk. And then we go to, we go and play at punk shows and they say we're hardcore. So it's like, we're just kind of on the fence with everything. We just, <laughs> we really don't care. We're like, you can label us whatever you want. Like, we're just going to do us and we're going to play the music that we like to play. And you could call us pop music if you want. We really don't care. <laughs> Call us whatever you want, just buy some music. Yeah. We're not both with Love is seventeen so when you gave me your present. Don't the say I shut out. Your present is present. Heaviness and chills ready down my body. I've never let go of what this truth shows me. Because punk music has always been out to change the really the social nature of the world. But why should Christians in particular be interested in punk? Tony, you want to start? Uh, yeah, why not? Um, I would say uh, I think Christians, we get a, a bad rap for being goody two-shoes. But, you know, I, I really do feel that uh, us as Christians, we're misfits, you know? Like, we're, we're different and... We gather together because we're for something. And I believe a lot of Christians, they gather together because they hate something, you know, when in fact, like we're really getting together because we love Jesus and we believe in something. So we're going out there and, uh, and you know, even for our band, our album's called Be The Change and it's all centered around loving one another. It's all about like just spreading love to everyone because that's what God has given us. I think what's cool about Christianity is that is that we're misfits, you know, like 
we are different and we're, we're saying that we want to go against the grain from what everyone else in the world is doing. And I think that's what's cool about punk as well is that it's just so different and it goes against the grain. And yeah, I do believe that Christians get a bad rap for being the goody two shoes, I guess, you know? Realistically, I mean, a lot of Christians want to live that false life saying yeah. that they are goody two shoes. Right, right. Uh, you know, there's some people out there that do need to follow rules and stuff like that. But for me personally and for our band, we don't really believe in the religious, you know, follow the rules of Christianity kind of thing. But we just believe that if we love Jesus and, and we're willing to die for him, just how he died for us, where, you know, a lot of the times, you know, like everyone else in the world, they, you know, it's fun to go out and party and drink and smoke and do drugs and have sex and do whatever you want, you know, kind of thing. And, and to them, that's freedom. I, I believe that freedom, uh, it's not doing what you want to do, but it's, it's having the ability to do what you should do. And I believe that taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, taking care of your life and living it the right way is what freedom is. It's what real freedom is. It's having the freedom to go out and, and do what you should do. And, uh, and that's really what our band's about. That's what, you know, the album is about. And just kind of being a positive influence on things, you know?
brought up the point of the intention of their album. What was the intention with your album, with Abdicate Self? Exactly what it says on the album cover, Abdicate Self. Going back a little bit to what Tony was saying, I mean, there's been a big confusion between religion and Christianity. I mean, for me, the two aren't the same. You know, Christianity is different to religion. There's a lot of Christians that would say to me, you can't do Christian punk rock. It goes against the grain. And, and I'm like, I can do it because I'm freeing Christ to engage into that culture, to take the message to people who I would call the unchurched. Your kids skateboarding in the town centres, the punks hanging around in the venues in the little backstreet alleys in Manchester and Liverpool and Birmingham and the cities in, in England. You know, they are the unchurched people and they would never go to church on a Sunday morning. You know, Jesus went out to the taverns, to the people in the streets, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and he took his message. So for me, it's a heart issue. If I'm doing this because I know that I have everything I need in Christ Jesus, and I am doing this to serve him, to glorify him, to get the message out, to reach people, that's where my heart is. And that's where the heart of the band is. Now, the intention of the album was, was basically that, because we're using punk rock as the platform, if you like. I mean, the album titles, you know, we're, we're telling people, because the word abdicate is like for a king to step down, yeah? So we all think we're little kings and we're bigger than God, the way we live our lives. What we're saying is to people, get down from the throne, because there's only one throne and it belongs to Christ Jesus. So abdicate. So and. and so our delivery, you know, would probably be questionable by a lot of Christians because we are in your face with it. We don't intend to offend people. Uh, actually, that's a good title for an album, isn't it? We intend to offend. <laughs> <It is. laughs> There's the next album there, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> because, because this is Christian punk rock. This is as raw as it can get. Our message is raw. Our message is gritty. Our music is raw. Our music is gritty.
talked about what you're putting out as music, but let's really start to single out some stuff. Maybe, Tony, we could start with you. When I first saw the title for your song, Living in Victory, I thought, okay, this is just going to be one of these simple tracks. It's going to be full of Christianese, but it goes way beyond that. I mean, really, it's an awesome song. Can you fill us in about that song? Um, That was actually our very first song that we wrote. You know, we're very passionate uh, about going against the religious nature of uh, Christianity. Not not against, I guess, religion per se, but more so against like just the rules and the mindset that Christians have had in the past, I'll just say. We just wanted to move forward with it and um, and just really be positive and just talk about what victory is to us, you know, and uh, and bring a more positive feel to our music and what we're doing and stuff. And yeah, like I said, like every single song is just mainly about, you know, pushing in with love. Yeah. And having that aggressive feel, you know, that grimy bass line coming in and just having a a, a nice fun time with our music, you know, and yeah, like I can't really say too much. That wasn't a song that I wrote, uh, but our singer more so from his heart and what he has kind of uh, put into that. But, uh, but yeah, we jump back and forth from the writing stuff. So there's some songs that we both wrote together and some songs that I, you know, I wrote the lyrics for. But, um, but it is a, a pretty straightforward living in victory kind of song, you know? <laughs> What's up? My name is Tony from the band LIB and you're checking out The Antidote. Ambassadors of Shalom decided to record your own version of Nothing But the Blood. But isn't that messing with people's heads? You know, having a Christian punk version of a classic hymn? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that was the first out of a Christian punk song I wrote. When I first started sort of writing, I, you know, I couldn't really think of any of my own lyrics, so I just stole some. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's messing with people's heads. It may do, but ultimately my thinking around it was to make it more culturally relevant. Right. Because I think the lyrics are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, just awesome lyrics. And, you know, I, I like them that much that I just put some power chords to it. You know, and it came out quite well when we, we recorded it. You know, we thought this this is working, so we'll go with it. We'll put it on the album. 
I didn't intend to mess with people's heads. As I say, my intention was to to make it more culturally relevant. You know, to you know, people would listen to it. You go to most sort of kids hanging around the streets and the town centres in England in the cities. You go up to them and, and play them nothing but the blood, the old traditional thing, and they're going to go, "What's that all about? I don't want to listen to that." You stick you stick some beefy guitar on it. It might it might open their ears. God can use music to call people to himself, you know. And um, does that mean that you're playing this now on Sunday mornings at church? Your version? <laughs> I'd love to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They won't let me. I'm actually the worship leader at my church. <laughs> I, I frighten them to death with my punk stuff. would probably be a standard issue um we just released a music video for that 
Yeah, it was just amazing. I, I love that song. Um, what's cool is uh, our bassist actually uh, started uh, his own band back in the day, and, and their band was actually called a Standard Issue. Mm. And um, and I remember we were listening to some of their old stuff, some stuff that um, him and his cousin wrote. And it it was that chorus, that hook line, the the we want equality that we used for that song. And uh, you know, we asked his cousin, you know, if it was okay if we used it as well. And um, he totally gave us the green light. He was super excited for us to use uh, something that he co-wrote. Our bass player and I, we wrote the lyrics for that song. Uh, it was like one late night that we're in the studio. You know, Matt, our singer, was knocked out on the floor after doing a bunch of vocal tracks for the album. And this one just kind of came up sporadically. And, you know, uh, Jason and I were just staying up super late and just wrote the um, the lyrics of the song. And uh, and for that song, I think personally for me, it has more of a of that punk feel to it. You know, that real fast and aggressive. Mm -hmm. There's, a, you know, hits in there like a, a lot of influence from the casualties here in America, we're going through the uh, the whole gay rights movement and, you know, they're doing the whole equality thing. And um, for us, we're like, you know, we don't care. This is about love. You know, it's not about, you know, gay or straight or whatever that is. But um, we're all human beings and we all need to treat each other like human beings. And it wasn't even so much geared towards that whole movement, but just geared towards uh, the golden rule on, you know, loving everyone. Or, or treating them how you how you want to be treated and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just my favorite something that came from my heart. And uh, I love the fast, aggressive feel that we have to that songs. And it was, it was just a real fun song to write and a real fun song for us to play live and everything, you know. Have you got a personal favorite? Um, well, I think the final track, It Is Finished, it's called. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I first wrote that, it was it was an outright punk song, you know. But then, as as I kind of messed about with it in the studio, I thought this this needs to be in drop D. So it became a bit more of a had a bit more of a death metal feel to it. Really, it was a bit more aggressive. Um, but the reason why I like the song so much is if you listen to the lyrics, the chorus we just scream, um, "Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough," which is a football chant in England. You know, you get like football hooligans on the terrace. And they'll, you know, the two teams like Man United and Liverpool, they'll, they'll sort of bait one another and they'll go, come and have a go if you think, you know, they're nothing. Now, I stole that because the idea behind it is I can stand in front of Satan and I can say to him, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough because it is finished. Christ has dealt with you and, and he's dealing with you and, you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at me anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the lyrics to It Is Finished are quite powerful, you know, it's the concept behind it is me stood in front of Satan going, you know, I'm not going to take any more of your lies. I would rather go and gouge out both my eyes. I would rather go and chop off both my hands. I'm not going to take part in any of your plans. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Because I've got Jesus stood with me. There's a powerful sort of concept behind it. My name's Neil Roddy from the Ambassadors of Shalom, and you are tuned in to The Antidote. Peace. Go and gouge out both my eyes I would rather go and chop off both my hands I'm not gonna take part in any of your plans Your plans Well I'm not gonna take any more of your lies I would rather go and gouge out both my eyes I would rather go and chop off both my hands I'm not gonna take part in any of your plans Come and 
it's time for LIV and Ambassadors of Shalom to wage battle. Now, <laughs> both the UK and the US claim to have either originated punk music or to be the most influential. So who's telling the truth? Well, British, of course. <laughs> you know okay, what? Neil, you, what about you, you Tony? Funny? I actually get more influence from more of the, the England stuff, you know? You, even growing up, dude, before, before I picked up the Bad Brains album, uh, I was listening to the, to the Pistols and, you know, all these bands from there. So it was like, <laughs> it, for me, yeah, like I first caught on by that, you know, like by the Sex Pistols. Like I was like, that just immediately turned me on to punk and everything that was and the chaos and all that. So, um, you know, what's, what's funny is I, I mean, me personally, I've been influenced by the UK more. And, uh, and even now I really, really feel that, over here in America, like everyone just wants fame. Feel yeah. like the heart culture. Yeah, and I hate it. I absolutely I hate, hate it. <laughs> so, um, as a kid, that's what I wanted. When I was in a band, I wanted to get famous. I wanted to be known and this and that. And then uh, what's funny is when all of us got in this band, Liv, we uh, we we're like, dude, screw it. Let's just be friends. Let's have fun and let's just do whatever the heck we want to do. And this band has actually caught more buzz than any of our bands have ever gotten combined. So we're, we're kind of like having fun with it. And, and we always say too, like the minute it's not fun for us anymore, we're just going to drop it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not too happy with music here in America. <laughs> <laughs> for me, if you listen to the who, they were a punk band, in my opinion. You listen to, like, the riff on My Generation. You know, it's heavy power chords, you know. Yeah. Uh, I personally believe, you know, you wouldn't have had sort of punk if it wasn't for bands like The Who, you know. But I, I, do, I do believe the whole sort of punk culture, you know, the, the Mohicans and the Tartan Pants and the Attitude. And, you know, I, I do believe that started in London in 1977 with Malcolm McLaren, um, mm -hmm. the, the manager of the Sex Pistols you know, sort of rebelling against the monarchy and the establishment. You know, I mean, we're all born rebels, aren't we? You know, we're all, we're all rebellious in our nature, you know. I mean, I listened to the Sex Pistols, and they ended up becoming a manufactured band in one sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you listen to bands like The Clash, and they're a yeah. proper garage band. Um, and then you listen to bands like GBH, so GHB and, and Exploited, uh, and Discharge, um, yeah. you know, at Sham 69. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> These, to me, were guys on council estates that come from nothing, have nothing, and just put together, you know, a band in, in their mum and dad's garage or whatever. Or, you know, the Sex Pistols were actually, you know, a bunch of middle-class art students. <laughs> um, so it kind of went against the whole punk ethos for me. But if you're talking like the roots of punk, you know, I think if we look at bands like Sham 69 and, and The Exploited and that, you know, they, they, for me, they were, they were the real punk bands. Guys, thanks so much for your input. I mean, this conversation spanned <laughs> a huge number of time zones. I think we've got 10 hours between all of us. So, Neil, with you being in the UK, you've got to be ready for bed. And Tony in LA, you're probably ready for some dinner. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, it's, um, it's quarter to one in the morning here. <laughs> And, I, and I'm having to talk as quiet as I possibly can because my wife and my three daughters are in bed. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to do is wake them all up. Well, listen, thanks to uh, both of you for coming on The Antidote. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. 
This is Trent Radio 92.7 FM, CFFF Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. And thanks for tuning in The Antidote. The conversation you heard tonight with both Neil and Tony ran a lot longer than what we've aired tonight. So if you want to catch the rest of our chat, head over to theantidote.com and hunt it up on the website in the interview section. Next week, we'll be visiting with an artist who's much closer to home, Toronto Sky Terminal. Lead vocalist Marcel Preston will be here to fill us in about Sky Terminal's newly released second album, We Are One. But I am definitely running out of time, so yeah, it's time to pull up our final track. Here's LIV with Rise, and we'll see you again next Wednesday at 9. Yeah!